Ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J and Ryan. That's right, folks. It's another exciting edition of the Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Ryan over there. Say hello, Ryan. Salutations, you fuckcards. <laughs> I see we have the OG army assembling in the chat box. Hey, fellas. Glad to see you guys here. Oh, God. We've got a hell of a show ahead of you today. <laughs> I think I said that right. Well, whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, I have actual topics, so I'm really happy to report on that. Uh, I had an interesting day to tell you guys all about, and I'm sure Ryan's going to be able to contribute to this show in some way, shape, or form. Right, Ryan? I'm just here to look pretty. Yep, there we go. Good thing it's a radio show. <laughs> all right, before we get started, does anybody in the chat box have anything they want to talk about? Any random call-ins or anything like that before we get started on tonight's topics? I should actually probably tell you what tonight's topics are so you can call in on them if you want. Uh, things I'm uh, thinking about talking about today. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've noticed Facebook is full of people uh, now. People that are never on Facebook or have never been on Facebook. It's like 2009 again. It's like Facebook is brand new. Um, so I'll be talking about that. Uh, I went magnet fishing today, so, which is a new hobby for me. So I'd be interested in hearing about any new hobbies any of you have started recently or just your hobbies in general. It's always cool to find out what people are into. Oh, let's see what else. Um, tattoos. Tattoos are always one of my favorite subjects. One of the few things I know that you and I have in common, Ryan. And, uh, today I'd like to talk to about tattoos in general and specifically on if tattoos need to mean something. Because a lot of people ask me what my tattoos mean, and they're most of the time not really satisfied with the answer. So we'll talk about that some. Uh, how about you, Ryan? Got anything you want to specifically talk about? Uh, Actually, no? so I, I think we have a, a daily COVID update. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, we should probably start on that. Yeah. Did you know the uh, nation of uh, Chile came out and they had uh, some updates to some of their numbers? Oh, really? Uh, that should be interesting. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, they, so they've decided that anyone that dies uh, from COVID-19 is actually going to be counted in the recovered uh, bucket because they no longer have COVID. Hmm, technically correct. And they are also not spreading it to other people anymore. So, so yeah, you're serious. That's not like a joke. They're really going to count their dead people as recovered. Yeah, their minister of communications or whatever the fuck they call this guy literally came out and said, we have 898 patients who are no longer contagious, who are not a source of the contagion for others, and we include them as recovered. Hmm. It just so happens they're dead. Well, I guess he gets that in on a technicality, doesn't he? That's silly, though. I mean, that's uh, that makes no sense. I mean, any sense, for one thing, he announced that they're doing it, so it's not like it actually masks any numbers or anything like well, that. It just confuses the numbers no longer jiving. Oh, so, so he like didn't mention it until they... Right. So they didn't say anything until they got caught, basically. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's fucked up. It just screws up numbers. You know, data is an important thing in our world. Uh, and things like statistics are used to make decisions. So if they're fucking up the, the statistics, they're just fucking with us, basically. So fuck chili. I enjoy their food. But other than that, they can go fuck off. They what, didn't come up with chili, right? Chilean sea bass? No, no. They came up with chili, right? It's named after them, I would assume. Jesus fuck. 
on my side, the COVID thing is still uh, is still what it is. Uh, my work called me today to confirm that I was not going back to work tomorrow, which uh, originally I was. Uh, I kind of assumed it. I actually called and left him a message yesterday saying, hey, uh, they announced on Thursday that nothing opens till May 1st now. I'm supposed to go back to work this Wednesday. You guys haven't called me. I'm assuming I don't have to go in anymore, but I don't want to get a phone call Wednesday morning <laughs> saying, hey, you're supposed to be here. So I gave him a call, and, and, and indeed, I uh, uh, am still not working until May 1st now, and possibly even longer. If the, it depends on whether our crazy governor, governor extends it more or not. And lots of people in Michigan so, are not happy about it. So who even starts work back on a Wednesday? Well, that's my normal schedule during the, uh, okay, during the absolute winter, I don't work at all. Uh, but when I'm working, there's three, uh, basically two fa uh, phases, what I call the off-season and the on-season. The off-season is the first month or two during the year where I, only, I work Wednesday through Sunday. Those are the basic days in a country club. During that, during that time of the year, we're not open on Mondays and Tuesdays, so I don't work. Then starting Memorial Day or so, uh, the on-season comes. At that point, I work six or seven days a week, uh, depending. Like uh, Monday is my normal day off if there's not something going on, and then I work Tuesday through Sunday. However, if a holiday falls on Monday, like Memorial Day or Labor Day, uh, I work on Monday as well. And occasionally... Uh, other holidays like fourth of july has fallen on a monday before uh that month i that year i worked like a month straight <laughs> because just how things worked out and i will also work uh occasional mondays if there's a uh, private golf outing uh normally the clubs closed on mondays even in the uh, on season but they'll rent it out for like a golf out outing or a big party or something like that and occasionally i'll work that so even though um during my normal work week, I only work Wednesday through Sunday. There's lots of times that during the on season, I'm working six and seven days a week. Uh, but that's country club life. Uh, I, I, they call me part-time because I only work somewhere between 40 and 60 hours. Mostly <laughs> there's people in the kitchen that are getting like 80 hours a week. Uh, uh, and, and voluntarily, they're not being forced to do it. Uh, a chef uh, is really good with his employees. He lets them work as many hours as, uh, uh, they want, despite the fact sometimes financially it makes sense to hire somebody else instead of work paying all the overtime hours. He, he treats his uh, employees really good. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, why on a normal, well, well, excuse me, but that's why I start on a Wednesday when I come back to work, to make a uh, long story short. No, you made a short story very, very long and drawn out. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but it gets crazy there, like you in the middle the of summer. You know the answer to the question, like, so who in the in the blue hell starts their week on a Wednesday? Oh, me, I work Wednesday through Sunday. Okay, that's the answer. We move on. <laughs> well, yeah, but we are trying to fill an hour here, motherfucker. Let me <laughs> let me let me drag it out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. It's it, it's a crazy kind of atmosphere because uh, in the middle of the summer, it's not uncommon for to have everybody at that club work like twenty one days, three weeks in a row. Um, because nobody in that club is going to turn down overtime. So, like, you know, all the busboys, all the servers, this, that, and the other. Whenever someone says, hey, we're working, a, uh, uh, there's a golf tournament of money. Who wants to work it? Everyone's like, yeah, fuck me. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but that's, of course, that's the right attitude to have when you get off, when you get laid off in the winter. You know, during, during the on season, you work as many hours as you can. And despite me calling them a lazy fucker, I work a lot of hours when I'm working. You know, I work all the holidays. People are like, oh, you're a lazy asshole. I'm like, did you enjoy your 4th of July? Yeah, I worked it. Did you enjoy your Labor Day? Yeah, I worked that. Did you enjoy Thanksgiving sitting down with your family? Yeah, I worked that too. 
So all the people hey, that call me lazy, hey, hold, fuck hold off. On. Sorry. Hey, Jean, did, she's did, angry did, all of a sudden. <laughs> did you enjoy those, you know, 90 days off in a row? No, I didn't. I would rather have worked when it comes right Christ. down to it. <laughs> but yeah, I'll but yeah, but one... my Fourth of July, and you give me two months off in the fucking winter, and and we're square. <laughs> well, yeah, but you you worked. I assume you don't work a, a ton of overtime being a corporation. Uh, don't don't you work a standard forty hour work week? Well, I'm salaried, so I don't have like set hours and things like right. that. But isn't it so based on that? I assume. That, yeah. I mean, there are times that I've had to pull like basically like three days straight if something crazy happens and by three days straight i mean like i sleep roughly like two hours a day for those three days and everything else is work right which i can understand that because like all job has its crazy parts to it but it always irks me when people call me lazy because i don't work in the winter when i actually work the same amount of hours as the average person the average person works 2040 hours a year I work a little over 2,000 hours a year. Uh, I just, I don't understand why people get so upset how I get to those hours. But well, whatever. There's some people I'm never going to convince regardless. So I don't see you. Uh, also why work I at a country club and just kind of sit around. That's not a. Well, now you're judging people's exactly individual jobs. Hours. Well, now you, but now you're judging people's individual jobs and everyone's job's difference. A lot of people have sit down jobs that your job, you sit down, you don't do a lot of physical labor at your job. I don't judge you for that. Your, your job sounds like it's mentally strenuous. So I've never considered that you have an easy job just because you sit down for it. I, hey, I walk from conference room to conference room to conference room in a different building to conference room. <laughs> Do you know how big the country club clubhouse is, man? When I got to walk downstairs for my free meal, it's a long walk. I also make sure I don't use the elevator because I, you know, since I do sit down all day, I try to walk as much as I can. I, I park in the farthest parking lot in the morning and, you know, never use the elevator, always use the stairs. Um, and that's just because you don't want the Jews to judge you on your poor car. <laughs> They're going to do that regardless. <laughs> you got to remember, I can't even park in the main parking lot. That's just for uh, member cars and management. Then there is a middle parking lot that uh, the employees can use on weekdays and weekends, uh, all weekdays and weekends except for in the summer. On the summer, everyone has to park in the very farthest uh, parking lot, which is like down a hill and a set of stairs. And it's actually pretty far away. I've been working there a lot that uh, long enough that I'm I could actually parking lot B if I asked, but I, I like the valet department. They're good kids and I don't ma- enjoy making them run more than they have to. And I'm just, it's once a day for me. You know, it doesn't seem to be like a big deal. You know, I can walk up a hill and back down. Uh, well, I'm sure you can get some great parking. Don't you qualify for a handicap sticker by now? Probably. Well, no, it's a guy. <laughs> I'm not handicapped. Not in that way. I mean, you know, I can walk just fine. Not long distances. It makes my feet hurt, but it's not like I can't walk. So, I mean, we're talking like I can't walk more than a mile or two without my feet starting to hurt really bad, but I can walk around daily stuff. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. With your list of maladies, I think you could probably get a uh, handicap placard. Maybe. I don't, I don't need one, so I'm not going to worry about it. Maybe if I, if I get some sort of injury where I can't walk well, I'll look into it. But for right now, I'm fine. Oh, let's see. Looking over the old topics for tonight. Uh, I did go magnet fishing today. Very first time. Tried it out. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I did so not go is, far. What is so fun? What is so fun about magnet fishing? I don't you know. Throw a magnet in, and then you pull back if it if it connects to something. Yeah, yeah. Basically, well, uh, well, it's kind of like I, I've never fly fished, but I'm gonna guess it's kind of like that. Um, 
So I would take the uh, magnet, which weighs a good three or four pounds, so you can get a good uh, a good throw with it. And either threw it overhand or tr- a couple times I tried swinging it and like throwing it like that. Um, and then you just throw it out into the water and it, you know, it lands bloop, and then you kind of just drag it back in. So I imagine it's kind of like fly fishing where they keep on casting and then reeling it in casting and reeling it in. So, uh, the fact which I enjoy, cause I don't like regular fishing where you just throw out your real, your, your lure and sit there and wait for something to bite it. To me, that's a little too boring. Uh, this has a little more action to it. So, it, and it seems like there's techniques to it. Like, uh, the, the magnets only really super magnetized on one surface so you're trying to drag uh, drag it back towards you and while you're doing it you're kind of twitching it to make sure that the, it's you know every time it hops on the bottom that it lands uh, as much as you can on the flat part of it because if you just drag it overhand you're just going to drag it on the side and while you might catch something you're not your luck's a lot better if you can keep the uh, flat part of the magnet on the bottom so i'm, I'm telling you already the techniques phones. for it hold the phones mm-hmm. hold on yes uh-huh. you're telling me that magnets are only magnetized to where they they pull something on on one of the sides. It depends on the magnet. Uh, that's, this magnet, amazing. <laughs> I know that's how Christ, magnets yeah. normally work, but I know that's how magnets normally work. However, there are specific two-sided magnets you can buy for this as well. However, from what I understand, there I believe they're more expensive or weaker or whatever. So, like I watched, I watched a YouTube channel where one guy was using a thousand-pound single-sided one, while his girlfriend was using a six hundred-pound double-sided one. So, I, I know double-sided magnets do exist. Obviously, they're just two different magnets made it together. But my point being. This wasn't one of those, so you do need to keep the magnetized side down. So it looks like there's techniques for it. And so when I was out there, since uh, I went out uh, to a river uh, near my house, it was cold out today, and I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy this or not since it was my first time. So I saw no point in driving a long distance to go someplace where I'd actually find something. I just wanted to see if I liked the actual action of it. So besides, just like I said, it's really shitty cold out and I don't want to go stand by a large lake where it's going to be really shitty and colder. Uh, these, this was a little river and a little park it was pretty sheltered. So I didn't have a lot of wind or nothing. Um, but it was cool. Like it, since it was clear, I could see stuff in the water occasionally. So you, you throw your magnet and then try to drag it over it to see if it was metal or not. For what I understand in a lot of situations, uh, you won't have that opportunity because anywhere where it's decently deep, you won't be able to see the bottom. But in this case, it was kind of fun to like, you know, jerk the magnet back and forth with, and then throw it back out in the, in a certain way so that you can drag it over the spot that you wanted to check. Um, and I can tell even when you can't see, you'll be doing that, like throwing stuff out and dragging it over in a certain pattern to make sure you get different spots as you drag it back in. So I can, I can see it being a lot of fun. Um, tomorrow I'm going to go out to a, uh, a larger park about a half hour away that has like boat docks. And it seems that it said it has an observation pier and maybe a fishing pier, which may or may not be open. I thought I heard something about fishing piers being closed for the COVID thing. But it's only like a half hour drive away. And now that I've decided I like doing it, I'm going to check it out and see uh, if it works out or not. So you're <laughs> going to be that one person that ends up getting fined like $1,000 for, for breaking the quarantine to go magnet fishing. <laughs> not supposedly. You're supposed to be able to do outdoor activities. Uh, it's just certain things have been closed off despite the fact that you can do outdoor activities. Like you can't use motorized boats right now. But you can still kayak like a motherfucker. Um, I have no clue what the logic behind that is. If I had to guess this, they don't want you like stopping at gas stations and stuff like that to, uh, gas up your boat, but it's still okay to take your kayak out. Cause you're not going to be interacting with anybody, but who knows what well, the real part of it's probably also is. like a person limit thing. Like 
you don't want a lot of motorized boats where everybody goes and like 20 people pile onto a boat mm. and get hammered and pass along the, the disease. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. And kayaks are pretty much a one or two person at most uh, vehicle. So it does cut down on the congregating. Oh, so <clears throat> it's got a completely different subject. Uh, what flavor of White Claw are you drinking today? Uh, right now we have a raspberry. When that is, uh, when that one's down, it'll be black cherry. Nice. I um, since my brother was nice enough to drop off some chili for me the other day, which was delicious. Uh, I asked him if he wanted those white claws, since me and the wife uh, weren't a big fan of them. And he said, "No thanks. They taste like TV static. I'm going to pass on that." <laughs> which I thought was meanwhile, an interesting way to describe it. Meanwhile, you're drinking shitty wine coolers in an inflatable hot tub. Like your mm. taste buds are suspect, sir. Peach Bellini. No, there. Uh, uh, our next one's going to be uh, Smirnoff Ice Raspberry. We haven't tried that yet, but my wife's a big fan of raspberry, so we figure uh, we might like it. So and I'm, 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 I'm not sure anybody who. Uh, go ahead. You have a vagina at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure anyone who's drinking White Claws can lecture me on my uh, drinking habits. Yeah. Well, I can lecture you yeah. on pretty much every facet of your life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. That's not you, you, You're not standing on high ground here. The fuck I'm not. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the, the magnet fishing was a lot of fun. Um, and it's always nice to get out into the outdoors for a little while. I was only out for like an hour, hour and a half. But my wife appreciated it. <laughs> So at first she was at first she was like, Yo, you can't go outside, you can't do anything, you know, stay away from the COVID. You know, months and months later, she's like, Yeah, go out for a while, that'd be great. I don't care what you're fucking doing. <laughs> so really she's just hecking Unfortunately, up to, to I the had rest this. of us in hour twenty three hours a day without you. Yeah, pretty much, yes. Uh-huh. Um no, I made the mistake of uh, stopping at Taco Bell on the way home. God, that was horrible. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting much, but you know, uh, I have a pretty low bar for Taco Bell, but they didn't even reach that bar. It was just ugh. really the only good thing Taco Bell is for is just for you know, basically taking a stick of dynamite to your to your intestinal tract. That is true. Hey, man, you're getting fuzzy again. Uh, why don't I go ahead and move on to the next topic while you log off and come back, sir? You do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. While he's gone, uh, let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about him actually. And what an asshole he is. God, what? No, I like Ryan. I wouldn't do that to him. Um, oh, look, we've got people in the chat box. Yes. Yes. Nine lives. So he keeps on going, J, J, J. And that's correct. That is my name. You are accurate, sir. You, you <laughs> but what I wanted to talk about while Ryan was gone was, uh, uh, I'm not sure how many of you guys are on Facebook, uh, but I'm on Facebook a lot. I know a big surprise considering how busy I am. Uh, but there's so many people on there that I've either never seen before or I haven't seen for years and years and years. It's like Facebook is brand new again back in like 2009 or something when everyone was doing like, uh, you know, playing Facebook games and quizzes and, you know, like uh, what's, what kind of potato are you? I'm a russet, by the way. Uh, you know, all that stupid Facebook shit is back again from all these new people. And for the most part, I don't care. But on the other hand, it means that my memories of the day is filled full of fresh ammo to show these people the meme lord that I am. Because I am funny as fuck on Facebook. You guys should friend me. It's amazing. I'm the, I'm that guy that you want on your Facebook feed. <laughs> Mostly because I steal all kinds of memes from the OG and pretend like I, I found them myself. So that's what all, all of my... Uh, 
all my Facebook friends think I'm really, really amazing with getting all these amazing memes. When really, I just check the OG uh, Never Not Funny picture uh, thread a couple times a day. <laughs> so uh, Ryan made it back in. Let's see if he sounds any better. What you got to say there, Big Dalton? Are, were you just talking about like being popular on Facebook? Because if so, I, this is sunk to a new low. I am popular in Facebook. I mean, I, I even got Big Dalton as a friend. I mean, how how many people can say that? Yeah. Well, that's because you needed to contact me to give you the summary of each one of these shows, which you spell incorrectly yeah. every day. I know my my spell check is really shitty. I don't know what's up with that. I think I spelt it incorrectly so many times. My spell check thinks that's what I mean, <laughs> so it just stopped trying yeah, to correct geez. me. Well, I mean, you know, I, that's the only logical explanation I can think of. Uh, but we were talking about Facebook, and I, you are on Facebook, so I'm sure you've noticed this as well. Uh, your Facebook is now filled full of people that have never been on Facebook before or haven't been on for years and years and years because everybody's stuck inside and has nothing to do, and suddenly Facebook's a thing again. Yeah, see, I check Facebook maybe once every day or two, so I have no clue. And oh, when I check it, I mean, I literally just log into it. And then I'm like, eh, yeah, no, I'm good on this. Oh God, no! I, you know, and I, I am an internet person, obviously. Uh, since I don't, I don't like leaving my house. Uh, I don't like people in general. I don't like going out in public. Um, I'm very anxious around people. I don't like people being too close to me. Uh, literally, like it's one of my things. Uh, I've lost friends before because they thought it was funny to. Get, uh, they found out that I didn't like people getting too close to me, and he made it his goal in life to do that as much as he possibly could. And I stopped hanging out with him because, dude, I told you I don't like that. It's not a joke to me. It's making me uncomfortable. Please stop doing it. And so, like, he would see me sitting on the couch and flop down right next to me, put his arm around me. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Um, you know, not being friendly, but to, to be funny. Uh, and I stopped hanging out with him. It made me uncomfortable. You know, that's a half a step from grabbing my dick, dude. Let me. <laughs> yeah, I also don't like people behind that's me. That makes me uncomfortable. That's a giant leap. If you're, I know, it's, I that's, sits down and I'm joking, you, dude. That's that's one step that's, away from grabbing your shit. Like you have no, some no. deep seated mental problems. No, 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 no that part's a joke. Something to do with Steve. No, no, that, that part's a joke. But I, I, I seriously don't like people sitting next to me, too close to me. Uh, I don't like people standing behind me. Uh, like I don't go to the movie theater that often because I don't like people sitting that close to me. Uh, the only time I'll go to the movie theater is like on a Monday, 10 a.m. matinee for a movie that's been out for like three or four weeks because I don't want someone sitting next to me. Uh, when we found those stadium seating uh, at our local theater, it got it was better for us. And then I found out that our local theater has like love seats in the front row where like two people sitting and, and then they have like a, um, an ottoman to put, kick your feet back on. And that's perfect. Cause it's just me and the wife, the wife I can have around me. I'm used to that shit, but strangers, that's a fucking no. So have you ever thought that maybe you're like a partially kind of on the like Aspergery spectrum? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, back, back when, you say, back when like, I was a kid, kind of you know, towards that. I don't know. Uh, back when I was a kid, uh, you know, there was not a lot of testing for that sort of thing. And we didn't have uh, health insurance for a good part of my childhood. I do remember being tested for different things when in elementary school and early middle school. And I do remember my, the, like the counselors telling my uh, parents that, you know, I needed testing for stuff, but we didn't have any insurance. So my parents never took me for nothing. So that's where I get the idea that I might be, that I might have some sort of, uh, 
nervous system, uh, reflex sort of thing going on because I remember them doing a lot of things like having me stack blocks and, th and things like that stuff that required like hand eye coordination. So I might have an issue involving that. I might not like, I don't know. You know that's not, obviously it's nothing major because it's, you know, I get by in life, but who knows, you know, there, there might be something wrong with me. I mean, beyond, besides the obvious. <laughs> well, a lot of people get by in life, but like a lot of things you talk about, yeah, like you, uh, you may want to look into that one day because that would explain a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just like even with my wife. Yeah, I've I've had to explain to my wife. I go, look, it's not you. It's it's me. It's not that I don't want you around me. I don't want anyone around me. Like I like I I have to force myself to cuddle with my wife sometimes because generally speaking, I don't want people that close to me. Yeah, that's not normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my mom wasn't exactly a hugger, so <laughs> I didn't get a lot of physical contact growing up. So, of the of the good kind. I, uh, to me, physical contact would normally get a smack or something. So, maybe that's why I'm not a big fan of people in close proximity. <laughs> yeah, we need to. At some point, we need Doctor Phil on here to to give you a talk. Uh, I only talk to Doctor Phil. Maybe I can help him out. He sounds like he's got his own problems. <laughs> So, so yeah, but anyways, there's all kinds of crazy people on Facebook and it's 2009. Uh, let's move on to our next topic. Oh, look at that. It's already 25 minutes in. Unfortunately, I've already used like three out of our four uh, <laughs> topics. Uh, and we're moving on to the last one. Uh, tattoos. I like tattoos. You like tattoos. Many people like tattoos. I'm often asked uh, why I get tattoos. They're like, oh, why did you get that? What does that mean? And my answer depends on how snarky I feel like being. Most of them, most of the time I tell them like, well, it means I wanted to get a tattoo. <laughs> Sometimes some of them, a couple of them have meaning. Uh, the one of the one on my shoulder that says mom and a heart, that one has meaning. I got it the day after my mom passed away. Uh, it made me feel better. It distracted me from the situation. Uh, but the vast majority of them just, you know, I mean, when I, I started getting tattoos when I was a teenager and they meant something back then, uh, they meant I wanted to be a rebel and it, you know, it was either get tattoos or rob banks. And I think I made the right decision, but most of them later on just meant I wanted to get something cool. And after a while, tattoos become kind of an addiction. And at that point, what the tattoo is about is kind of less important than actually getting it. Um, what do you think, Ryan? Do you feel the same way about them? No, not in the slightest. <laughs> no, for the most part, like if I'm getting something permanently inked on my body, I want it to mean something. Obviously, the day I turned 18 and I went and got some stupid tribal symbol on my arm, like, yeah, that didn't really mean much other than I'm 18, I'm an idiot, like every other 18-year-old walking the face of the earth. But everything else I have is at least has some meaning towards me. Well, that's interesting you say that. I mean, uh, I don't know the all the circumstances behind your uh, reality show tattoo, but did you? Uh, I was under the impression that you didn't really get to choose that, or did? Oh, actually, yes, you, you did get to choose the animal, didn't you? Yeah. So, like the way that they did, so the way that they do casting, they basically give you a bunch of categories that like you're willing to get tattooed in, and like one of them was like realistic, like wildlife, like that sort of thing. And then when they came back for like the second round, they're like, so if you were going to get something, what would you get? And then you told them and then they were cool with that. Turns out. So since this was a season where on that episode, basically they matched people up like one against each other. So like I have like a silverback gorilla on my arm. There was another person that was also getting a gorilla. Now that guy didn't really have any choice. He just took like an open call of yeah, I'll get whatever. 
Oh, okay. So there's different categories that go in for that. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever do the casting for it, it literally is like there's a bunch of categories. And then there's like a category of like, I'm just down for whatever I want to be on TV. And then you can also kind of pick like where you would get it. So yeah, you have a, you have a lot of say in it. Oh, interesting. And I have to say, uh, you got goddamn lucky, dude. Uh, your work is great, uh, but most of the work I saw that lady do, I wouldn't want. You You had like the only one that she did that entire season where I was like, goddamn, that's a great tattoo. Well, like, so. that's what she's known for is like realistic black and white. Like it's, it's the thing she does. Right. So, and yeah, that's I got a- lucky there. Right, and, and then that's not really fair to her to say what I just said. It's that's a hard competition, and in a lot of cases, the tattoo artists look bad because they're being asked to do stuff that's not in the wheelhouse. Very few tattoo artists can do everything. You know, most of them specialize in different things. And if you don't want one of those things, you shouldn't be using that tattoo artist. And normally they'll tell you that they'll say, "Yeah, I don't do that type of work." You know, my guy does all kinds of different things, but there's stuff he doesn't do. Like he doesn't do portraits. Uh, he'll do like three different portraits. He, I think he said he'll do Elvis, um, Johnny Cash, and one other one because he knows those good enough. He said, you know, portraits, if you get one little thing wrong, it doesn't look like that person anymore. He goes, so other than the very few famous people that he's got locked down, he won't do a portrait. He says it's, it's not worth it to him. He, does, he doesn't want to make he, the, the stress of making that mistake. Well, yeah, and the other thing about that show, right, is, like, there's also everything else that's going on. Like, they're doing tattoos every freaking day. They're getting, like, no sleep because they're all stuck in, essentially, this studio with, like, an apartment above it. And they're not using their equipment. Like, they're using shit that is just, like, mass supplied to them. It's like, yeah, it's not a good environment to be an artist in. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. I've had, uh, matter of fact, my uh, my tattoo artist was invited on there. He uh, he said no. Uh, he was friends. He's good friends with uh, a guy that was on season two. I think it was. I think his name was Kyle. Uh, a guy had a gigantic eyeball on his neck. You know oh, what I'm talking about? Kyle Dunbar. I, he's he's from like Michigan, right? Yeah, yes, that's how they know him. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's friends with him, uh, you know. Um, and Kyle uh, told him, you know, we tried to get him on the show, and, and my buddy had no interest in it. He says, you know, for one thing, unless you win, you're gone for a pretty significant length of time. And that's, you know, a lot of time where you should be making money. Um, And I assume assume it's probably similar to how uh, that Fortune Fire show is for for people that make knives. A lot of time you can actually hurt your reputation rather than improve it by going on the show. Right. Yep. So, yeah, so I can see why some tattoo artists wouldn't want to be interested in it, especially once they get uh, big enough to, you know, uh, be doing well. Hey, can you talk for a second, man? I got to let my dogs out. <laughs> Professionalism. You are the most unprofessional goddamn person ever to do a goddamn podcast. 23 hours a day to figure all this out, and you can't take your dogs out before a goddamn podcast and take the 10, 15 minutes to make sure that they can get a little running in and go take a piss and go take a shit pathetic all right you know i've actually been back for a little while i just wanted to hear what you say (laughs) and the dogs even go outside i I, the door to go outside is like literally four feet away from me so i just opened the crack up for a crack from the outside now they're looking at me like i'm a fucking idiot i'll be so So happy when it's it's summer i get the door open they just roam or or what yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I have a uh, an enclosure in the back. I can't call it. Uh, it's it's a fraction of my backyard, but I have a fenced in. And then uh, um, my back door opens up into my breezeway, where I have the back door to that open, and I've replaced the screen door with something called a magnetic screen. So it just hangs down, and it has a magnet in the middle of it that splits open when the dogs press against it, so they can come and go as they please. So without so that, why did you need to let them out? In. Because that's the outside door. There's still the the door. Uh, I'm sitting in what I call my den. There's an outside door here uh, that was originally the uh, door to leave the house before they built a breezeway connecting the house to the garage. So when, when I let them out, I open up this back door to the house, let them out into the breezeway where there's an open door with the magnetic screen door for them to go through into the backyard. There you go. <laughs> so that basically negates the idea behind the magnetic door of them just being able to come and go as they please. Yes. Yeah. Well, right now, but it's also cold as fuck, and I don't want to heat the world. So, so, so uh, I the once it's warm, it warms up a little bit. I'll be able to open my back door, and they can come and go as they please. Right now, I just open that door, and they run to the back door uh, to run run the rest of the way themselves. Um, but you know, in a, a couple of weeks here, it'll be warm, uh, warm enough to do that all the time. Last week it was warm enough. That's that's what we did, which is great. The dogs really love it. It makes a big difference on them to uh, be able to come and go as they please. Like uh, my little dog Sadie, she's only semi into it. She likes prefers hanging out with my wife. But my little dog Lulu is running back and forth all goddamn day. And surprisingly so enough, the first that mm-hmm. tells me that you're not exercising the dogs enough. Oh yeah, we exercise the fuck out of those dogs. My my little dog Sadie runs after a ball twelve hours a day. <laughs> um, that that's all she does is run and get the ball that we throw that we throw all day long. Well, I I bought my wife an automatic ball thrower because her arm was getting fucking tired from throwing this ball all day long. <laughs> uh, we tried to get teach the dog to drop the ball in it, but uh, which she doesn't occasionally, but mostly she still wants you to do it. So we just put it on the table next to my wife and she, as she watches TV or does whatever she's do, doing, the dog brings up the ball to her. She just reaches over, drops it in the uh, the ball thrower next to her and you know the dog runs after it. So yeah, the dogs get a lot of exercise. Uh, but surprisingly enough, the person that's enjoying our outdoor enclosure the most is my cat. Uh, Sam is all about being outside. Uh, he loves that shit. Uh, w- I was a little sus, a little worried about it at first because obviously being a cat, he can go over a, go over a six-foot fence without it even being there. But um, Sam's pretty fucking lazy. <laughs> He's a pretty mellow cat. And after we let him out and watching him for a little while, we weren't too worried about it. I've actually left him outside at least twice so far. And he was still there in the morning wanting in. So I don't think we have to worry about him going anyplace. But he'll go outside all fucking day. He loves it out there. Uh, the only time he comes inside is if it gets too hot because he's a big hairy cat. He's a Maine Coon. Uh, weighs about 20 pounds. And, you know, up. Uh, Two pounds of it's got to be hair. He's a big, he, you know, really hairy, furry cat. He doesn't like him when it gets too hot. Uh, once, once it gets hot enough, he hides in the basement most of the day. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, my animals are enjoying the enclosure. I'm not really quite sure. I'm happy with the quality of it. Although I did have a couple people point me, point out that it's the fencing is on a slope. So it's kind of hard to do, but it works for what I wanted it for. It keeps my pets inside and, and safe. Fair enough. <laughs> and yes, like, like, the, like the chat says, like yeah, I'm not surprised that you know some of your animals are super lazy. Well, in and my defense, nothing that sounds lazier than sitting on the couch waiting for a dog to bring a ball and then dropping it into an automatic thrower. 
Can you do that for four, you know, like four or five hours and your arm gets tired? I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I ri- we originally bought it so that the the dog could play with it while we were at work. But as far as we can tell, she doesn't really use it when we're not home. So that being the case, once your arm gets tired, it's either you stop throwing the ball or you start using the automatic thrower. So, you know, don't judge my wife. You're throwing this ball inside? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little ball. Uh, um, You know, it only goes 20 feet or so and then bounces off the wall, but she runs back and forth for it. You know, she, she gets lots of exercise, but you know, she's panting by the end of it. So you're, you're, you're telling me that you get fatigued throwing a tiny ball up to 20 feet. (laughs) It's not the difficulty of the action the repetitiveness if you jerk off for three hours your arm's going to get tired it doesn't mean you moved your arm a long distance you get fatigued throwing a tiny ball up to 20 feet once again not me my wife and two you do anything hour after hour and hour you're going to get tired of it mentally if not physically (laughs) jesus christ who wants to throw a ball for eight hours a day uh, you are one of the laziest individuals I've ever seen. You know, lazy, once again, not me and my wife, but two, you know, more advancements in the world have been made by lazy people trying to find an easier way to do things than anything else. You you owe your, your life, your tech, all your technology, and your modern world to lazy people. So don't diss us that much, sir. And not really. So like most things I enjoy took someone that actually, you know, put forth some effort yeah, like, put forth some yeah, effort to find an easy way, easier way to do it. Techni- that's how the world advances, by lazy people trying to find easier way to do things. Otherwise, we'd all be s- still digging holes with sticks. Yeah, but that's the thing. See, like, the person that came up with the car, like, you could say, yes, they were lazy because they didn't want to walk, but they actually took t- the time to invent and build a car. Mm-hmm. Like, your brand of lazy is much different. You don't know that. You don't know what I'm inventing, what I'm building. Look at this show. This show wouldn't be around if I wasn't lazy. Lazy is good. Lazy is effective. Lazy runs the world. No. As long as you as long as you do your stuff, I you know. No, no, and <laughs> no? no. Okay, fine. Um but back on tattoos. So yeah, uh, most of mine don't really mean all that much. They mean I wanted to get something. Uh, like a lot of my tattoos are cartoon based over the last 10 years. Um, when I was younger, I just wanted to be cool and tough. Uh, so a lot of my older tattoos are skulls actually. Like all oh, my arms are covered with uh, uh, different skulls uh, in different styles and varieties. But eventually I decided being looking tough was stupid. You know, tattoos don't make you tough. They just make you look like you have tattoos. So um, at that point, I decided I wanted to have more fun with it and use a little more of my personality rather than just these generic skull tattoos. Um, My first foray into that was, uh, uh, but I still had all these tattoos of skulls. So I was like, well, you know, you can't get rid of that. You got to work with it. So my first fun tattoo was a bunch of bender heads. Uh, Bender, if you're not f- familiar with him, is a robot from a cartoon called Futurama. So I have a tattoo on my wrist of a whole bunch of discarded Bender heads sitting in a puddle of oil. Um, and from there, I decided that's fun. So uh, uh, I moved on to like just getting cartoons in general. Like I have, uh, if you don't know Futurama, none of these are going to make any sense to you. Like I have Leela and Fry uh, in head jars, which is a thing from Futurama where uh, famous people from the past were kept in head jars just a floating head in a, in a jar of water. Um, so isn't it, isn't it future Rama? 
Futurama. Yeah. No, not Ama. 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 You say potato. I say potato. Um, no, I, I speak English. You speak something very different. <laughs> I also have uh, um, Nibbler, which is their little pet. But I thought that'd be boring. You don't want just Nibbler. I'm sure somebody else has a Nibbler tattoo, and I don't want the same tattoos as everybody else. So I got Nibbler dressed as uh, the character from Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, so he's Nibbler on the Roof. <laughs> Uh, I also, uh, got a, a picture of the robot devil, which is one of my favorite ones. Uh, but I couldn't just have the robot devil. So I had to throw in a, a really, really, really inside joke. Um, there it's the robot devil, but he has a caption behind him that says you will only win a smaller silver, silver fiddle, uh, which is a line from the show. Um, according to robot law, you can challenge the robot devil to a fiddle contest to win back your robot soul. Uh, if you win, you receive a solid gold fiddle and you get your friend's soul back. If you lose, you only receive a slightly smaller silver, silver fiddle and he kills you. So that is about the most inside joke I have for a tattoo. So and why can't I in- say silver fiddle w- without uh, difficulty? <laughs> so what's the inside joke? You're just taking a line from the show. Yeah, it's an inside joke from the show. You wouldn't, if you didn't see that particular episode, you wouldn't get the joke. That's why I call it an inside joke. Not really what an inside joke is, but carry on. All right. Uh, Let's see. I'm I'm actually uh, looking at my... Oh, yeah. Uh, Then I I ran out of space uh, on that part of my leg because I try to keep things and themes in certain areas. My left leg is my Futurama theme. Uh, But I put a a Zoidberg uh, tattoo on my shoulder. It just says, why not Zoidberg? (laughs) Uh, on my right, on my right leg, I decided to go for a, uh, Simpsons theme. Um, I'm actually doing a Simpsons in space theme. Uh, so I've got like Homer in a space suit. Uh, I've got like, uh, Lisa in a space suit. I've got Mr. Burns, uh, driving around like a, a, a little spacecraft. Uh, I've got one of the aliens from, uh, the show, like in a spaceship, uh, you know, like, uh, Kang and Kronos. However, I didn't want to, uh, it's the exact same thing as everyone else because I've seen a king uh, tattoo before. So I, I uh, had them do them in purple instead of green. If someone says, oh, they're not supposed to be green. I'm like, dude, you're fucking racist. You don't think aliens come in different colors? <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, that one might have been a mistake. It turns out leg tattoos hurt really bad. And beyond them hurting bad, worse than some of the other spots, they tend to make my leg jump. So I'm always really anxious about getting leg tattoos. And it turns out if you're going to have a, a space tattoo, a space themed uh, tattoo, Simpsons in space, you need the space. So behind of all that, there's going to be a black space background, which means I'm going to have to basically get uh, an entire fucking sleeve in black from my ankle up to my kneecap. And that's not going to be fucking fun at all. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm really glad that I haven't been able to afford to get tattoos in a while because I don't want to get that done. I'm going to, because if nothing else, some of the tattoos don't look right. Um, like the class that he uses in helmets and the spaceships doesn't look right because he's, uh, it's not finished because he needs to know where the light sources are going to be, like where the stars and the suns are in the space background so that he can put the appropriate reflections in on the, Dude, on hold the class. On. Did <laughs> you just say where the stars and the suns are? The stars and the moons, yeah. <laughs> you said the stars and the suns, and yeah, yeah, wh- whatever. The same thing. Um, whatever. But he needs to know where those are before he can do the glass and the helmets and spaceships for the reflections. So while the t- tattoos look cool, like Homer, his helmet looks open. 
you know, uh, uh, and like, uh, or, or Mr. Burns spaceship. It looks like there's no cockpit because, you know, he hasn't driven, drawn that in yet, which is why I have to get this stuff done. Cause you know, I don't want to have half finished tattoos. That's normally why I get smaller tattoos and done in one session. Cause I don't like, I, I want to get a tattoo. I hate going back for multiple sessions. I've only done it a couple times. Um, you never, cause you never know what's going to happen in life. <laughs> like right now I'm walking around with a couple half finished tattoos. And I don't like that shit. <laughs> yeah, I do everything in one sitting, but yeah. like, I did my entire calf. Like that didn't hurt that bad. Really? Like, the day well, after, the day after was a son of a bitch hmm. because it, it, everything was just swollen and it like. Oh yeah. It felt like my like it felt like my calf was tearing in half every step I took for like the next three Ooh. days. But the tattoo itself, ten hours straight, like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. For, I guess it's different for different people. Uh, to me, like I said, the pain sucked, but I, the biggest issue I had was like my t- leg wanted to jump involuntarily, it seemed. And that stressed me out quite a bit. You didn't have any issues with that? No. Hmm. Um, hmm. But I, I've had other spots that people tell me were painful that didn't really bother me. Like uh, I've had, uh, I have tattoos in the ditches of both my elbows and that wasn't a big deal. Um, and I've got tattoos over like, you know, my wrist bones and other bone areas. That's not fun, but it's not as bad as people made it out to be. Uh, what's your worst area that you had it done at? Really just, it would have been my calf because everything else I have is like up on my arms where like mm-hmm. you don't even really feel it. Right. That's why I always tell people when they want to get a tattoo, where should I get a tattoo? I'm like your upper shoulder. Oh, but I'm a dainty chick. I don't want a tattoo on my upper upper shoulder. I'm like, look, that is literally the easiest place to get a tattoo. You know, on your ar- upper arm shoulder area. It is it, it, 100% the least painful. So that's where you should always start your tattoo career. Cause if you get that done and it hurts too much, you need to stop. <laughs> You know, that's a good, that's a good test to see what your pain threshold is. Then you can move on to other tattoos. You don't want to start like a fucking rib tattoo for your first tattoo. You know, I've heard, I've heard horror stories over and over again of people that get like two or three lines done in their tattoo and then they're fucking done. You walk through life with three lines trying to explain to people what that tattoo is supposed to fucking mean. So yeah, it starts on something a little bit easier than like these high pain areas so that people always want to go with. Oh, and I was getting my left arm done. There was this uh, this girl that came in and was getting some stupid like Batman symbol tattoo, and she tapped out like a third of the way in. Mm-hmm. So it was the most god awful like outline and like one eighth shaded Batman symbol. It was god awful. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah my, my I'm, I'm friends with my tattoo artist uh that's why i have so many now because he you know he gives me good deals on them and then like every year for my birthday he'll hook me up with a free tattoo um and he tells me all kinds of stories about people like getting very you know not into the far into the tattoo at all before they have to tap out and it always makes me wonder it's like man i had a fairly good idea of my level of pain tolerance before i went and got a tattoo so i knew that i didn't think i knew it wouldn't be that huge of a deal you gotta know i mean (laughs) like if hangnails kill you maybe not maybe a tattoo is not what you should be doing or you know like if every time you stub your toe you're you're out of commission for like three hours you know you have don't most people know what their pain tolerance is i can't believe that people walk into that tattoo thing without knowing it's gonna hurt (laughs) Well, it depends. None of it hurts that bad anyway, and pain is just mental. Yeah, like, yeah. I tell pain, people pain like is it, supposed to like tell you that something is wrong, mm-hmm. but if you go in knowing you're getting a fucking tattoo, it's not gonna kill you. Like you should be able to get through the pain. Because at that point, you know, like 
okay, this is essentially pain for no reason. We're just going to deal with it and get this shit done after five, six hours. Right, right, exactly. It's just signals from your body. It's okay to ignore them as long as you, as long as you know you're going to be okay. Um, but yeah, that's easier said than done sometimes. And I tell no, people, just stop being a pussy. <laughs> Sit there for your however many hours the damn thing's going to take six, seven, ten hours, whatever it be. Get it done. Walk off like a man. Well, yeah, but that's easier said than done for some people. Obviously, I can do it. I've got tons of tattoos, but that's not a fair position to take. Some people are more sensitive to pain. That's just a fact. Um, and I don't some blame somebody for weak. Like it's yeah. a thing. Well, yeah, that's true too. So yeah, you're right. So some people, it is a mental thing. Some people, it's a physical thing. I don't judge people because I'm weak mentally in many ways. So if you can't handle getting a tattoo, well, that's not a, you know, that doesn't mean you're a horrible person or you're a weak person. That just means that's not your thing. So, you know, it, but it does surprise a me weak person and that's okay. We need, we need people that are going to go first in the apocalypse. <laughs> I do tell people that it's kind of like getting scratched by a cat over and over again. So if you've ever been scratched by a cat, yeah, it sucks, but it's not like, oh my God, I'm going to die painful or anything like that, which I've experienced in many different ways. Well, how about you? What's the most, oh my God, I'm going to die pain you've ever experienced. The worst pain I've had was probably when I had broken three ribs Ooh. and it's not necessarily like the amount of pain. It's the fact that you cannot escape the pain in any way. Right. Literally yeah. Every time you breathe, it starts to hurt again. So the only right. way you will not hurt is if you're not breathing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would, that would suck. I can't relate to that entirely since I've never broke a rib, but I've had gotten uh, back injuries, which were sort of similar. I mean, you, if you moved in any way, shape or form, it hurt, but like if you didn't move, it didn't hurt. So, so your yeah, rib injuries are a step beyond that. Yeah, rib, that is the absolute worst thing I can think of. I think the only other thing that would be that bad, and thank God I've never had those, I've heard kidney stones can be an absolute son of a bitch. Ooh, yeah, I've heard really bad things about those, um, although I've never experienced them. And I guess that there's different levels of that, too, depending on how big the kidney stones are. Some of them are like, yeah, horrible, and some of them are like, oh, my God, kill me horrible. Yeah, if you piss out a jagged boulder, life's not good. <laughs> yeah um i only kind of i don't know if this counts as the worst pain i've ever had because i only kind of remember it it was when i was in the hospital for the cancer thing um i want to say this is the day after i'd had it done so they, i'd had i had my kidney removed and this is the next day in the hospital and i was in a lot of pain uh, but they were giving me really good drugs for it um, but by day two, the thing that was bothering me most really was my back. Um, I've been in one position this entire time. It was very hard to move. They had me on a cath catheter, so I wasn't getting up and moving around. I wasn't even shifting around because I, you know, there's a big hole in my gut. <laughs> I didn't want to shift around. I was scared. Um, but my back got worse and worse and more and more stiff and painful. And one time they came in and uh, they gave me my pain, my pain medication on time. And I, you know, once it hit me, I asked him, I was like, Hey, is it, am I allowed to be on my side? And he's like, yeah, we can put you on your side. I'm like, good. Cause my back's really hurt. And I'm hoping maybe changing position will make me feel better. You know? So they said, yeah. So, you know, I, at the time I still had some pain from my stomach, uh, but the, the, uh, um, Drugs were covered up pretty good. So they, they rolled me over on my side and the pain in my stomach, uh, intensifies dramatically right away. And I'm like, Oh no, no bad idea. Bad idea. Put me back, put me back, put me back. They put me back and the pain didn't go away. Um, 
if anything, it got worse. And I kind of panicked. I'm like, uh, uh, it's not, it's hurting. Uh, you know, I, you know, I kept on going over, going over. No, it's, it hurts. Uh, help, help, help. Um, and you know, I panicked, uh, I'm told that this went on for quite a while. Uh, eventually they got another doctor in there. Uh, he goes, what can I do for you? He goes, I was like, help me. <laughs> you know, I, I could barely speak. Uh, and I was panicking cause I know they just given me fucking drugs for pain. So I had no clue what was going to happen at this point. Uh, what they ended up doing was giving me drugs to fucking just, you know, uh, calm me down and, and put me out, you know, more like a sedative instead of a painkiller. And, and eventually the pain went away, but, uh, it was scary. Um, and in retrospect, I, the worst part about it was my wife was in the room at the time. And, and that was really traumatic for her. And I, I wish she didn't have to go through that. Um, so I don't know if I can say that's the worst pain I ever had. Cause I was pretty severely drugged during a lot of it. Uh, but as far as pain goes, it was the worst experience I think I've ever had. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that one. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> and pain subjective for everybody, you know, um, but, and I've had other pains that, that, that sucked. Uh, I've been stabbed before, um, by other people. I've accidentally cut myself open before, uh, with an exacto knife. That was never fun. Um, <laughs> I, you know, this, you know, then you're going to, of course, you doing accidentally in air quotes, like, were you a cutter? No, 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 no. This one was an accident. I was, a uh, I was working okay. at a plastic, I was working at a plastic factory. And if you're unfamiliar with a plastic factory, um, it's injection molding. So they take, uh, uh, this mold, it closes, they inject hot plastic into it. Uh, it cools for a second. The mold pops open. You reach in there, pull out the plastic part and then cut off what's called the flash. That's going to be the excess plastic, uh, around the piece that you just made, you know, like through the, you know, they'll like be a little line, uh, coming from the, the hole in the injection mold and like little lines around, uh, where the seals were. You're supposed to take an exacto knife and you cut the flash off and then, you know, you put the part in the bin and then you wait for the next part to come out. Um, working at a plastics factory kind of sucks because it's one of those jobs where you're stuck there. You can't leave the machine alone because once that part is made, you have to take it out. If the part sits there without you taking it out for more than, 10 or 20 seconds, the plastic and the line behind it starts to harden up. And if you sit there for long enough, all of a sudden the machine breaks down because you didn't take the part out. So you have to have some, you have to call for somebody to, to take breaks and, and bathrooms and things like that. Um, what had happened that day is, uh, like any other day I reached in and pulled the part out. I was working. I, I don't even remember what it was. Half the time you didn't know what the part was for, uh, mostly for auto industry, soft plastic parts. So I, you know, I pulled the pl- part out, grab my exact knife, start trying to trim the flash off. Trim it doesn't want to come off. Trim it doesn't want to come off. Like, God damn it. It's, you know, it must be a dull blade. I throw the exact knife down, pick up my, pick up another one, you know, go to cut the flash off. And the, because I pushed too hard, the plastic bent over and I slashed the back of my hand. Uh, like in right in between your thumb joint and halfway down the ligament for your, uh, pointer finger. Uh, I, I cut open, a about two inches or so, two and a half. Uh, that, that one, I got lucky. I, I barely missed the, both the thumb tendon and the hand tendon, uh, excuse me, finger tendon, <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was a trip to the hospital. I want to say like 10 stitches or so. Uh, but it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> so how long before you got fired from that job? Oh, uh, immediately. <laughs> they, I, yeah, I came back and I was like, yeah, uh, doctor said I can't week work for about a week. He goes, yeah, you do, you're done then. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, you can come, come back and reapply in a week if you want. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't think so, dude. <laughs> um, that ended exactly like I thought it would. 
yeah, I don't understand that one. I, you know, it's not like it's a coverted job and they, they have trouble filling the spots. You know, um, I was like, well, why don't you just tell me to come back? You know, why don't you just, I didn't understand why they didn't just tell me to come back when, when my hand was better, why they felt the need to hire, fire me and, you know, and, uh, tell me I needed to reapply in two weeks or whatever it was. My hand was ready. It didn't make they any could sense see the me. writing on the wall, and they knew that even if you did apply in a couple weeks, they were just not going to call you back that time. Well, I was good. I wasn't like I was bad at my job. I, you know, uh, plastic working at a plastics factory is not like a high skill kind of thing. As long as long as you don't, as long you know, as you don't cut yourself. <laughs> I'm not the only person that's ever injured injured themselves in a plastics factory. You got to remember, it, it, it's a low skill level job, so it uh, attracted low skill level people, and then you give these people knives. So I was, trust me, there was a standard procedure for taking people to the emergency room at this place. I was not the first person. <laughs> I'm a big, dumb animal, and I have not just, like, cut myself on the job. Like, that just has never been a thing. Yeah, shit happens, man. You know, you do it. You do it. Once again, you're doing a repetitive motion over and over again, day after day. Uh, you know, eventually mistakes are going to happen. Like I said, I didn't want to cut myself open. It wasn't fun. Uh, but it, it was what is what it is. Uh, it was better than being stabbed by somebody else, which has happened to me, <laughs> but we'll save that story for another day. I, I still don't know about your whole idea there. Like I've jacked off for like 25 years and never once have I like poked myself in the eye. Like <laughs> shit doesn't just randomly happen. Even though you do something, you know, repeatedly. Well, you possibly you're not doing it right. <laughs> but anyways, you know what? We're going to call that a show. We're closing in on the hour mark. Uh, as always, we'll be here tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I want to thank the OG Army in the chat box. Uh, as always, you guys are why we're here, so I appreciate you showing up. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, Ryan will have a topic for me. Just one, Ryan. It can be about how horrible of a person I am. That's fine. That's what your topic is most days. <laughs> I, I always have topics on here. Exactly. They're you always about, about how Chile, horrible I am. You had no idea that it was actually a, a South American country. <laughs> as, as opposed to just an ingredient or a food no uh seriously speaking we we serve chili and sea, sea bass at the uh country club so i'm aware of, of the place that sounds like a very jewish meal <laughs> it is all right we're out of here guys we'll see everyone tomorrow at six o'clock say bye ryan fuck all y'all <laughs> you guys have a good night we'll see you tomorrow Hey,